Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, it is a juggle. I have to be really, really organized. I have to make sure that the grandparents are, like, really strict to timings um, for when they come around and look after Albie. And, like, me and Jace, it obviously helps that Jace shares lots of the workload. So, like, he always walks the dogs while I do Albie's breakfast and stuff. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen and this week I'm talking to Laura Kenny, a British track and road cyclist with a load of gold medals, a new baby and some ducks as well. We're going to be talking to her about how fitness helps her mental well-being and how living in the countryside with her her husband and her baby is helping her to feel good. So, Laura, thank you so much for coming on Mentally Yours. Obviously, you are in extremely physical good condition good condition you take a lot of care of yourself in terms of fitness how do you make sure you look after your mental health as well um i mean i think for me um you know i've got loads of different ways uh, that i look after myself and um, i mean i've got such a good support network in my family like they've always been there for me um like throughout my whole career I guess and so if I'm ever worried or nervous about something I make sure I speak to someone about it like I, I always try and like get anything that I'm worried about out there because I just think if I'm holding something back um there's nothing worse than worrying about it on your own um when there's so many people that can give you support um I think also as much as it sounds like I don't say it's like seriously I 100% take it seriously but I also see it as a job so for me when I go home um you know we've got dogs uh, when, when we first got the dogs I think British Cycling thought me and Jace had gone completely around the bend because like there's this little saying where they say um if you can lay down then you should be laying down basically um like so you want to spend as much time off your feet and obviously getting dogs well you're gonna to have to take them for a walk but honestly after the 2012 olympics if jace hadn't have bought me our first dog i would have quit because i just had nothing else and all i was thinking was i don't enjoy this anymore like i i just need something else in my life and so having the dogs really helped because it really gave me that and then obviously a couple of years later, Albie comes along and it's the same again, you know, it gives you a whole new kind of perspective on life. So while we're chatting about fitness and mental health and how fitness can help your mental health, we'd love to tell you about I Am Team GB. It's a massive participation campaign created by Team GB and Toyota to get everyone active in their communities over the August bank holiday. As part of the campaign, I Am Team GB is hosting the nation's biggest sports day on the 24th of August with hundreds of free and fun events across the UK. Join the team and find a local activity by heading to imteamgb.com. Let's get the nation moving. 
it's all choice. Like everything that we've done was by choice, you know. Um, and like I say, like so pre twenty twelve, everything sort of not came easy because obviously I worked really hard to go to the Olympics, but it sort of fell on my plate a little bit. And it wasn't until after that that I realised how hard it is to actually reach the top. So as much as you know, it is a juggle. I have to be really, really organised. I have to make sure that the grandparents um, are like really strict to timings um, for when they come around and look after Albie and. Like me and Jace, it obviously helps that Jace shares lots of the workload. So like he always walks the dogs while I do Albie's breakfast and stuff. Um, and so it just works. Like you just have to be organised um, to be able to actually do it. I'd say 2013 was probably the, no, I wouldn't say only time because, you know, as, a, as an athlete, you go through lots of ups and downs. Um, you know, you win a bike race and it's the best feeling in the world. You lose one and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I didn't expect that. Um, but for me, 2013 was hard because you go from such highs I, I mean I think you hear it a lot about people who go to the Olympics like you get this Olympic buzz it's completely different to anything that you've ever done before you go along to the Olympics and I think for me as well because it was a home Olympics it was literally like nothing I've ever experienced in my life it was just absolutely insane and and it was like that for a good couple of months so I never really got the initial kind of Olympic dip but when it started when I started to try and race again and try and train again, I just had no motivation. I wasn't getting the results or PBs that I wanted. And all of a sudden, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I really don't enjoy this anymore. This is not how I see my life kind of tailing out, I guess. Like, I don't want to continue in this sport. And then, like I say, um, we got the dogs. Um, I started to take a different kind of outlook on training. We had a new coach. And everything sort of came back together and I just started to enjoy it a lot more. Do you find fitness helpful for your mental well-being? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, just exercise and it will reduce stress. Yeah, 100%. I really do. Um, For me, going out and riding a bike just gives me um, time to myself. It gives me time to just think. um, I mean, being a bike rider as well, you know, you can go a long way. Um, so I could be out for hours. Um, I think, you know, after having Albie as well, getting back on my bike was key to me having some space and feeling like me again. I think I think you, you hear lots of stories about mums struggling in those first kind of three or four months with they don't feel themselves, like they don't feel like what they did before. And it's not that you're not enjoying having like your new little bundle of joy. You are, but it's everything all of a sudden is purely about looking after that little one and I think the best thing that I ever did was to get back on my bike and start exercising again it just even if it was 10 minutes like because the first couple of sessions I did were like 10-15 minutes it just gave me a little bit of me back it just made me feel a little bit like myself again how have you been handling becoming a mum for the first time as well because obviously that's you know a huge source of stress happiness as well but it can make things so difficult yeah I mean I'd say the first six months um it took a lot of adjusting and like I say I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it but I found it hard I found it a real struggle trying to juggle what I knew of my life before and all of a sudden this new little person who fully relies on you like trying to work out well I can't leave the house for more than two hours because I was breastfeeding him um and to try and produce enough milk to leave him for even longer than that was just I just couldn't and it was just such a balancing act and so I'd say the first six months were really hard like I don't think we struggled but I think it was hard to adapt to 
it being completely different to anything that we'd ever done before. Yeah, it's a completely new challenge. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I mean, like, after that, I think that's when we were in such a good routine and we really settled and, like, we really enjoyed, you know, like, I love, I, I was thinking last night, so me and Jace made this stupid decision to get Alby out of his bed and we put him in ours because obviously we knew we were going away, I was going away today. And he comes in and he snuggles in and he says, Mummy, really sleepily. And I just thought, I wouldn't change this for the world. Like, as as much as it's made life, I guess, a lot more difficult, <laughs> um, a, a real kind of balancing act, like with trying to train, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, I just think it's brought so much heat, like Albie's brought so much joy to our lives that I'd rather have the struggle and the stress and everything else that being a mum brings with it. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good response. I mean, admitting that it is difficult, but it's good. <laughs> it's nice to have a kid. And you also live out in the countryside and have, along with your dog, apparently you have some ducks. Yeah, we do. We've got two ducks. Two ducks. <laughs> so we, we've got a pond uh, where we live. And so initially I just got like a duck house, which you literally just put in the pond. And I was thinking we would just attract wild ducks. But me being me got way too impatient. So um, I went and rescued two rescue ducks for Jason's birthday. So we now have two ducks called Cheese and Quackers. That's amazing. Great names as well. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that the environment of being kind of outside outside the city and out in nature do you think that's helpful for your mental well-being oh, I think so yeah I mean I used to where, where I grew up it was really busy you know and we lived on the outskirts of London and I did enjoy it there in terms of like going in and out of the city is great um you know and there's lots of people that you can go and meet but for me I just think being out in the countryside it's what we want for Albie like like I would love him like I always say oh I'm not I'm not bothered because people obviously ask is he going to be a cyclist and I don't really care whether he's a cyclist or even a sports person but I do care that he's outside and active because I just think the health benefits you get yeah it's genuinely scary like there's research about um the lung capacity of people who are born and raised in London yeah which is miserable reading as someone from London (laughs) it's horrible so when you're talking about your son you're not really bothered if he goes into you know competitive sport would you think how would you raise him in terms of viewing sport in general do you think that the element of competition is a good thing have you enjoyed that or has it made it stressful for you I mean it's I love sport I mean it's easy to say isn't it when you're successful at it I know lots of people don't enjoy sport but I'd like him to try everything um like I'd like him to try team sports individual sports um like I I want him to do all the clubs because for me like even like during my school days I just did everything like I, I played hockey I played rounders so I just want him to try everything. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm not going to be a pushy parent, you know, if you don't like something, then fair enough. But I just want him to try it and see whether he does enjoy it first. How do you personally deal with kind of the competitiveness of being an Olympic cyclist? Like, obviously, you've done really well and won loads of, loads of medals, but how do you deal when you don't win? In British cycling, you know, there's lots of people um, who do help. Like, we have a psych and I'm really close with my coach. Um and it's those people um, that help it. I mean, it's a funny one in cycling because it's it's basically you just go back and look at what went wrong, like why you didn't win. Um, so I, it, it's, it's a funny one because I feel like you don't really dwell on it for very long. You try and see what happened and then you try and adapt whatever whatever had happened, you know, whatever you could change, whatever you could improve on. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I've ever... I'm obviously disappointed when it doesn't go right, like when we don't win. Um 
but I never, I, I wouldn't get like completely wrapped up in a result as such because I always think as long as there's something you can improve on, then it can be better, like you can do better next time. How do you deal with injury? Because I know a lot of sports people report like they feel really down when they can't train, when they can't compete. Well, I mean, touch wood, I haven't actually ever been injured where it's taken me out of an event. Um, the, the time I actually found hardest was being pregnant with Albie. Um, and I know, like I say, I know it was a choice, but all these races are happening around you. Um, and you feel like the world's moving on and you're not part of it anymore. Um, and so I found that quite difficult. Um, but I don't really, obviously that's different because I always knew I was going to start again. I always knew I was going to train again. Um, I mean, I guess I never knew what kind of level I'd get back to. But I always knew I would start again, so it almost didn't really worry me. Yeah, but it must still be difficult just for those nine months being like, I want to do it, but I just can't right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, especially the World Championships was the hardest. Yeah. Um, definitely, because, like, people were racing in the races that you want to be in as well. It's not like, oh, just because you're not there, well, Great Britain doesn't represent. Obviously, it, it, it all still goes ahead. Like, the team pursuit will still go ahead. Um, so it, that was difficult, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think because I had Albie come in, I guess that's why I can see it differently. Whereas I guess if I was injured, it'd be different because you, you never really know where the end is with an injury. Mm. And also you have something to focus on with a baby, obviously. That's the thing, yeah. Because, I mean, even the first six weeks, because the first six weeks me and Jace decided that it was just going to be us time. And, <laughs> like, we, I wasn't going to even try and do any exercise. Um, and even, like then, like you say, I didn't worry then because... We had something else to look after and something else to completely fill your time. Exactly. Um, you fight a lot for equality for women in sport as well. Can you tell us a bit about that and what you think needs to change? Yeah, I mean, um, for us, track cycling is really quite equal. You know, we have equal pay. We have, um, like, equal amount of events. They, they did that at London 2012. Um, that was the first time that all the events were equal. We had the same amount of medals up for grabs. Um, but on the road side of things, it is completely different, you know, um, like the wages, um, the amount of race coverage that we get is completely different. Um, like the men just get so much more. Um, for me personally, I would like to see it, it has to be compulsory that the men's team have women's teams running alongside them because if they've got the budget, like the, the budget for a women's team compared to the men's is ridiculous like it's not even like a tenth of the budget that they need um so i just think it should be compulsory i also think that the big races so like the tour de france um like the giro should have to run a women's race alongside it and now i'm not saying you know we should have a three week tour de france because I, i also don't think that's right i don't think it should be a complete copy but i do think that it should be run alongside because at the end of the day, the fans are there, the coverage is there. The only way women's cycling is going to grow is if we get more coverage, if it's on the TV, because unless it's on the TV, the sponsors aren't going to come forward. And I just think, you know, it's there. Um, it's it's such an easy way of just getting us on the telly. Yeah, completely agree. And across, like, all sport in general, just more coverage for women, please. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the... The Netball World Cup and the Women's Football World Cup, were that was just brilliant. I just think the coverage was just so good. And it meant that, you know, the nation could get behind you and could actually, like, learn and understand. Have you thought about what happens for you personally kind of 
after cycling kind of after once you're just done with it what next what happens then you know what I have absolutely no idea um (laughs) fair I've just like cycling's just been part of my life for such a long time so I just don't know like I just I don't know what's next I think that's the difficult thing as well because if that's been your whole life how do you prepare for the next but I have no idea how the answers that is but we were talking to um Kelly Holmes, who was talking about a similar kind of thing, of when you finish it, you have to have some kind of other passion. There has to be something else that fills your life up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that was um, what Albie was for us this time around. Like, you know, I said after 2012, that's probably the first time um, and one of the only times that I really struggled with mental health. Um, and I think the reason I didn't after Rio wasn't because, oh, it had gone well again. It was the fact that we had something else in our lives that distracted us from it um because I do think it is easy for athletes to just slip into thinking they should just go back to training you know and if it's all you've ever known and all that you've you know found happiness in it's difficult to adjust to not doing that yeah definitely yeah I think so and also the thing with sport is the adrenaline rush you know the feeling it gives you like you need something that fills your life that is the same as that I think my last question is going to be when you're not cycling and when you're not training and when you're not looking after the baby, what do you do for fun and to relax and to feel good? For me, I really like going to the theatre. It's funny because as athletes, like, we're not really that active. Like, I'm not like a journaling junkie. Like, I don't want to go jump out of an aeroplane or anything like that. I like just doing things where it's just me and Jason. Um, because obviously with Albie, you don't really get that, uh, that much time. Um, just a pair of us. Um, so yeah, I like just going to the theatre with Jason or... Something where it's just me and Jay. That sounds great. And also you can hang out with the docs and the dogs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All sorted. So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, 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 Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116-123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rate and review on iTunes and come join us on Facebook. We have a group called Mentally Yours. We also have a Twitter, Mentally YRS. Thanks very much to our producer Sam Bonham and Juliet Nichols and to Lucy Baker for the jingles. See you next week.